come on, everyone knows the Beatles. You've got John Lennon, Paul McCartney, George Harrison, and uh, the drummer. I want to say Andy White. No. Pete Best? No, oh, that's right. It's Ringo Starr. But it almost wasn't. Back in 1962, when the Beatles were recording their first single with legendary producer George Martin, there were a couple of unusual things happening in the studio. One was the fact that Martin was allowing the Beatles to record original numbers rather than simply doing the Tin Pan Alley approach at the time, where new musicians would just record already established songs. The other unusual factor was that the Beatles were using their own drummer rather than a studio drummer. This move turned out to be fatal for their relationship with drummer Pete Best, who turned out to be absolute trash at drumming. Martin was going to tell the Beatles to fire him, but Lennon, McCartney, and Harrison already made the decision to let him go without any input from Martin. The results of the Pete Best session would not surface until the release of the Beatles Anthology 1 in 1995. The second recording session for the soon-to-be legendary rock group's first single featured Ringo Starr, who had joined the band two weeks prior to the recording. It would seem logical for this to be the final recording, but there was some criticism of Starr's drumming, and Martin had already booked a studio drummer for a recording prior to this session. So the Beatles went ahead and recorded a third version with drummer Andy White. Quote, The guy was previously booked anyway because of Pete Best. George didn't want to take any more chances, and I was caught in the middle. I was devastated that George Martin had his doubts about me. I came down ready to roll and heard, We've got a professional drummer, said Starr. This left the Beatles' official drummer to hang in the back and play tambourine, something music historians are grateful for, as it makes it easy to distinguish this recording from the one with Starr on the drums. Both the Ringo Starr and Andy White versions saw official releases. The Starr recording served as the first pressing for the single, which peaked at number 17 in the UK upon release. The White version served as the single version in the US, released two years later in 1964. White's version would also feature on the Beatles' debut studio album, Please, Please Me. Regardless of who's on drums, the song is classic Beatles with the songwriting combo of Lennon-McCartney and some staple Beatles harmonies. The song also features a less classic, but no less welcome element, a ripping harmonica. That's right, we're talking Love Me Do by the Beatles on Cover Me. Love, love me do, you know I love you, I'll always be true. That's right, it's Cover Me, the only podcast that compares famous songs to their many cover versions to find out which one will always be true. I'm your host, as always, The Snake, joined by my lovely co-host, Alex Mildenberger. Alex Mildenberger. I've probably used lovely before, but there's so few words in this song that, like... What else are you going to do? I'm very... True? I don't know. Uh, yeah, but I already used true in the fucking the other little bit I do, so I can't yeah. just keep trotting on the same thing. I mean, how many? There's like three words they rhyme in this song. <laughs> yeah. Four, sorry. Four. I, I could I just said you, I guess. I could be like, my my co-host, you. <laughs> Alex Mildenberg. Me. You. Crank you. that soldier boy. Alex. Yeah. How you doing today? Oh, so much better. Feeling so much better. I was feeling better last week, even better this week. Still a little low in in um, frequency, I think, just because my voice to me still sounds a little sick. Um, I don't know how much uh, other people pick on on that. Um, but uh, yeah, I was sick, and I'm I'm better now. Hell yes, Alex. Much like the post Malone track, you are better now. Better now. Better now. Um. Alex, are the Beatles better now as a band? This is my question to you. They just released, well, just for us, like, a week ago. Right. For you, the listener, about a month ago now. Released their their final single. Thank God they got it together. 
now yeah we'll see what they do but it's it's theoretically <laughs> the last one that features all four Beatles right now and then um thanks to the powers of peter jackson and ai we, we've been yeah. able to put this piece together what are your yeah. thoughts and feelings on this alex um i mean it's fine it's a fun exercise the song isn't doesn't seem to be anything special to me no it doesn't uh so i don't really have much to say beyond that <laughs> did you watch the there's like they did a 10 minute like short doc <clears throat> on like the putting together of it i didn't see that one no i watched get it's, back but not the okay. not this. so this came i think after this came like they put it up like last week or whatever right. two weeks ago 100 years ago for you listening <laughs> in the distant future um but they kind of go through the process of how like this had been on their to-do list for like since the 90s, I think they kind of got together. It was George Harrison and uh, Ringo Starr and Paul McCartney. And they're like, oh, wouldn't it be nice if there was a John Lennon here? Let's call Yoko and see if she's got any John Lennon kicking around. And they call her and she's like, yeah, I got this one cassette. And they go through like great efforts to try and try and record something around it. But it's just like it's too shitty. The piano is drowning out the John Lennon of it all. Mm, right. And then through the process of this Peter Jackson documentary, uh, the Jackson and his team more likely his team developed uh, like a piece of, of AI that could parse like tracks and separate them. Right. So it would, it would like read them. So then, then they're like, we should give Peter Jackson the cassette to see what he could do with it. <laughs> so they give it to him and he, he sorts it out. And that's what we get here. It is, like you said, it sounds like it's, <laughs> it's like it's a shitty Beatles track. <laughs> it's not that good. And even it's interesting to hear Paul McCartney in this doc talk about. It. He's like, I thought put some strings in there because you know the Beatles. We did some stuff with strings. It's like, yeah, you did, Paul McCartney. Sure did, Paul. Sure, <laughs> you sure did. did. Um, I think it's great for them. I'm like thrilled for them to that they get to have some closure. Right. Yeah. It it didn't make much of an impression on me. I didn't really like some of the. It it was very like echoey, and that's probably. Uh, a side effect of some of the reconstruction techniques. Yeah, I um, imagine. Yeah. Which is unfortunate, but like it's also kind of funny. I mean, realistically, they have like a some presumably, I don't know the details, I didn't see the thing, but presumably it's some sort of machine learning algorithm. Yeah. That they've used to reduce noise and and uh, filter whatever in the track and uh that's cool. That's cool, but like uh, the the headlines being like AI produces the last Beatles song or whatever, <laughs> yeah, like a bit sensationalized. I think so. Yeah, <laughs> it's uh, it's bizarre. It makes me wonder though, because we just uh, a month or two ago talked about Atlantic City, right? Which was like, what if a demo couldn't be like, like literally we couldn't figure out a way to improve it due to like tech and all these other issues. Right. What it? What would they do if we they had the tech now for Atlantic City? Would they? Would that change? Yeah, history. I'm a little curious. Run the say, you know, run the similar algorithm uh, with uh, Nebraska and see what AI Nebraska sounds like. Yeah, <laughs> I'm sure there's a lot more to it. To it, yeah, uh, I'm sure, so but I doubt it'll happen. But like, makes we think. need AI Nebraska and Electric Nebraska. And, you gotta uh, have them all. 2024 is the year of Nebraska. That's that's what I've been saying, dude. Um, did you watch the music video for now and then? Um, it's mostly, like, archival footage and stuff, right? I kind of skimmed it. Nah, it's more like, what if we, like, superimposed old Beatles footage with new Beatles 
at the same time and kind of pretend they're working in the same space and oh look old Paul McCartney's playing and George Harrison's wheeling out a big amp and like oh he's singing next to young Paul McCartney it's very hackily done okay I didn't, again it feel, I feels like, like it'd be great it and then that was it <laughs> you're like nah I'm okay yeah, yeah it all feels a bit hack um, all this to say that we're talking about their first single which was included as the B-side for this single because we're, yeah. we're get, we got to chase a little clout here. And we just talked about Rolling Stones last week. Um, Alex, you're a big Beatles guy. We're both big Beatles guys. I'm not as yeah. much of a Beatles guy anymore. But, you know, like, I wouldn't be where I am today without the Beatles, brother. How many, was, be. yeah. how many of us would be? How many of us would? And re- I think the exciting thing this week, because honestly, listening to this song, to, to get into, like, our pains of Love Me Do... This is like barely a commercial jingle. It's insane how fucking small this song is, how little like lyricism there is, and how much it like even in the context of its time like paved the way for new like ideas behind popular music and recording and like originals versus this Tin Pan Alley style. Yeah, but it's so simple. Mm-hmm. Like in ways that uh, this has never been my favorite Beatles song, right? How could it be? But like, yeah, like how could, could is it anyone's? Uh, maybe, uh, maybe. Um, I mean, every Beatles song is probably someone's favorite Beatles song. Um, but like, I like to the point where I've not ever really paid that much attention to it. Like, mm-hmm. my introduction to the Beatles was Beatles One, which is like the the like it's an anthology one. A yeah, lot it's all their number one hits. Um, yeah, my parents got it, and that was my introduction to the Beatles when I was like ten years old or however old. Mm-hmm. And this is the first song on it because it's the first hit, right? Right. Um, so I'm very familiar with it. You know, I've heard it a million times, but it never struck me before now that like there's one verse. Yeah, that they basically just repeat and then do some like bridge stuff, but like that's it. Exactly. It's so crazy because, like, even looking at the history, they're like, well, John Lennon just wrote the middle eight and uh, Paul McCartney did the verse. And I'm like, okay. And then, like, Lennon's like, oh, it's really, it's a McCartney piece. I didn't do that much. I'm like, actually, you basically did about half. Like, yeah. <laughs> I thought I was agreeing with him. I was like, yeah, that makes sense. And I look at what's there. I'm like, no, you you also wrote this. <laughs> yeah. It's just the, the, the Paul part is just copy pasted. Mm-hmm. So there's really, yeah, there's really the two things, and one just happens to be used five times instead of yeah. once. <laughs> yeah, it's um, it's absurdly simple. It's absurd how hard they had to push to get it. They were kind of saved by uh, John Lennon performing a harmonica on this, which mm-hmm. George Martin had done some other recordings with harmonicas, and he was basically just like, yeah, harmonicas are sick. We should record this. <laughs> he liked the harmonica. I mean, it's a good, it's a good instrument. Yeah, and he's so apparently he was just kind of like a like even a super producer at that time where like some people like I, th- I think Ian McDonald is one of the biographers who's like any other producer would have like choked this band out and really like stopped them from turning into what they became because they've just been like no we're doing the fucking Tin Pan Alley Andy White's coming yeah. in he's gonna fucking lay down the drum track this is how it's done this is how music is made so this is like a really strange moment in time. Where, like, they actually got the opportunity to, like, do their own thing, which mm-hmm. was a, not even, like, that different from what would be considered Yeah, like, normal, from what right? was already out there. It's like, yeah. Uh, yeah, such such strange thing. And, of course, there's a million versions of this. I mean... Yes. Well, I, I mean, that they... I say, I say a million versions. There's several versions 
that are attributed to the Beatles. And then there's one that we aren't even going to talk about. Um, but we have a bunch on our playlist. But I guess Dude, I'm getting ahead of us. a ton. Um, yeah. And it's, again, with a song like this, so many of the versions are like beat for beat. And you're like, I don't need to hear this again. <laughs> like, yeah. Um, but yeah, there's just shockingly, shockingly little to this. Shockingly but, I mean, it's, it's good to sing along to, right? And I mean, I think the sound... Mm-hmm. was either you know up and coming or, or whatever at the time it's kind of this like mercy beat thing which is not a genre i understand that well but no. you know it was sort of um you know gaining popularity gaining pop yeah like even the things like the harmonica they were playing with uh another band at some show because they were doing a lot of a lot of live stuff and Lennon basically just talked to the guy who was playing harmonica on that same night and was like, hey, what is, t- tell me a little bit more about the harmonica. And then that's why they got a harmonica on this. So they're really influenced by what is happening at the time. Um, and yeah, so they kind of push up against the studios here in a weird way, even having like their own drummer. They're like, well, this is not how he, it's so strange. And the, it's so simple lyrically, but Paul McCartney allegedly, I couldn't find a good source on this. Once called this quote our greatest philosophical song. <laughs> I wonder if he was taking the piss. I think so. I feel there's another quote where he says something like, "Where is it? Like we wrote it, and it is it here in Wikipedia? Yeah, it was like we we were just sitting down, and neither of us really had like any good ideas. We just like wrote because <laughs> it's so early on. They're like, yeah, we just wrote whatever, but it's not like yeah he's like we just needed something to say while we're (laughs) doing the music um but here are those lyrics uh the greatest philosophical beatles song love love me do you know i love you i'll always be true so please love me do whoa let me do whoa love me do um i mean it also reminds me just to you know in terms of the being a philosopher philosophical song i don't think it is but also um i know john lennon talks about how much he liked the song help because it's oh, yeah. very simple and straightforward. Um, and like expressing something that he felt at the time. Oh, yeah. To an extent, that's what this is. But also, it's just so simple. Like, I mean, so well, let's simple. talk about it now. Those are, those are the words, basically. You just yeah, said Yeah, that's them. basically it. That's, that's at least the half, probably even more. Um, but also, I mean, the Beatles are known for their, their silly love songs, right? Especially yes. early on. And like, that's it. Love me. It's kind of a weird... A weird way of saying it too, right? Love me, yeah. like comma do, like do that. Yeah, which that comma is not present in the no, in, in the, the sheet here, but it is like kind like of implied. present in terms of like how it's sung. You're right. Yeah, love, love me, do as in like do love me, do the acting of loving to me. It is a weird way of saying it, but I think it is a more memorable title than love me too. Yeah. As in, I love you, you love me too. Mm-hmm. I love you, you love me. Yeah, they me. were close to, to, to writing the Barney theme song uh, at this point. Uh, um, another great way you can interpret it is that he just got a haircut. Love me too. Oh yeah, love me too. Love me too. <laughs> I love me too. It's very nice. Yeah. <laughs> oh my gosh. Yeah, uh, the Beatles song. Most philosophical Beatles song about hair. Yeah. Well, you know, like Elvis Presley said, here today, gone tomorrow, baby. Hey. hey. But yeah, it's it's love me, I love you, and I intend to be a good lover and yeah. will remain true to you. 
Like, I wish I, t- I didn't look up examples. There are other Beatles songs that say basically this in more yeah. words. Like, they, um, they learned yeah. to to uh, expand a bit. And that's probably good, because, you know, you get your more verses and stuff. But, like, that's the lyrics, man. I don't oh, know. Yeah. There's not a lot to it. Yeah, exactly. Like, even thinking of one like, like, Baby, You Can Drive My Car is, like, Where it's, like, kind of a story. Idea. Yeah. You know? And even that, they they have to finish off versus that, and baby, I love you. Yeah. And you're like, okay, beep, yeah, beep, I got it. Beep, beep, yeah. But it at least shows, like, a different way of expressing that than just being like, I love you, please also love me. Yeah, I, thought, I mean, that one actually, yeah, like, there's actually, like, a narrative there where this is, mm-hmm. like, I love you. You should also love me. <laughs> yeah, like, the most basic case being made. Somehow, like, a more simple case than, like, even... Breakfast at Tiffany's being like, hey, we both like that movie. <laughs> this is even yeah. simpler. It's just like, I love you. Please do the same. <laughs> I mean, it's kind of funny that two songs like of their early hits, because this is off the album Please Please Me. So yes. we got this one where they say, love, love me. And then, <laughs> then their please, other please song, me. which is Please Please Me. And I think, and I could be talking out of my ass here, but I believe Please Please Me is a, is a Lennon-fronted one. Oh. Where people consider this a Paul McCartney fronted one, so it might be a Sounds little. Right. And they're always kind of like responding to each other, right? And especially early on, they were, I think, working together more closely. Yeah, and the, that's they they talk about how they would write in their school books and write another Lennon McCartney classic uh, original on top of like each page or whatever, right? Um, yeah, it's just, I mean, it's very amusing, but I mean, I don't, I don't have much else to say about the words, about the yeah, lyrics that's, here, man. That's well, the, you got to get to the the John Lennon part, which is True. different. It does feel more like John, as much as you can pull any sort of like <laughs> author out of this. There is something more John Lennon about kind of broadening the concept here. I mean, someone to love somebody new, someone to love someone like you. Which really, he's just saying like, I'm looking for a new lover, and hey. It would be great if they were like you, so why right. isn't it just you? And I guess that is the story, because it's like someone who says, hey, there's a person, I love them. That's mm-hmm. a conclusion already. Um, he'll always be true. We know this. Uh, and is it's kind of just a song about asking someone to date you, right? Yeah, like, or to, yeah, even if that. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> it's very nebulous. It's unclear. Yeah, but I mean, yeah, and those are all the words. Well, maybe at the very end. Well, yeah, we get at the do, end there. Love me. Nope. Why don't you love me do? Why don't you love me do? And that's not like him being like, oh, why don't you? It's like a... That's the hey, philosophy of the song. That's the philosophy. Hey, why don't you do part. this? Yeah, it's, that's, that's where the philosophy comes don't in. don't you love me do? Yeah. After I sang all this, after I got John Lennon on the harmonica, <laughs> you don't love me do. Do you know how many takes we had to do on the fucking drums? Yeah. <laughs> you can't even fucking hear them on the track. <laughs> Yeah, drums weren't that important. This is early <laughs> on. They're probably just on the other side of the room. Yeah, it's it's insane how much work they put in to get. Just, just like, well, the drums are there. Um, which I guess brings us now to the instrumentation. Let's talk briefly yeah. about the three versions here broadly. Yeah, because we got our our playlist here. So there's a there's the uh, original Pete Best version. And then I believe two versions of the Andy White. What? No, the twenty twenty three mix. To my understanding, is the remix version ring- of the Ringo Starr one. Yes. Okay. Because the key thing to listen for is the tambourine. the tambourine. 
and you get it right off the bat in that please please me version. Ah, uh, yes, I see. Um, and then you can also hear the Ringo Starr version, the not remixed version, on Past Masters. That's right. Um, I don't know how strong the difference is between. Like, I don't know what the what the mix the twenty twenty three mix brings out that is absent in, in the Past Masters version. Mostly the harmonica. Okay, we'll get to it. We'll get to it. Um, so the key thing with the Pete Best version to really draw out, at least what I noticed, is the tempo. We're a lot slower on so, this. Yeah, one. it feels slower, a little less energy. Um, I, also, the harmonica, I don't think sound like they kind of add some flourishes in the later versions. Yeah. That, I mean, that I'm certainly used to. So it fe- ends up feeling a bit flatter. Yeah, this definitely feels the rawest, like, demoist of the three naturally. Yeah. Um, the, it feels a bit rougher generally, just cause like you listen to them harmonizing and it's a little rougher. They don't meld quite as well, in my opinion. Um, even though these are all recorded around the same time, I just feel like the Pete Best version d- is, is lacking in like a lot of ways. Yeah. It's actually, I think the first one's recorded in June of that year. And then the next two are recorded in the first like two weeks of September. So they have a few months. To so they have a few months to really shake things up. And apparently, Paul McCartney was quite like nervous singing because uh, George Martin noted he was like, "Well, the harmonica needs to come in on the word do on Love Me Do.' Love Me Do.' He's like, so John can't be singing that line and playing the harmonica. So he's like, that final line needs to go to Paul McCartney, and Paul McCartney's like, oh, I'm scared. Right, I'm just, just to sing just on his own. I'm just a little boy from Liverpool. He's scared to sing on his own. I'm just a boy from Liverpool. <laughs> and he, so he's, <laughs> so apparently he says you can hear his voice, like, shake when he's singing this song, because he's like, I was nervous. <laughs> uh, yeah, I mean, it's definitely, like, it's, it's, um, it's rougher. Mm-hmm. You know, there, it feels like I did notice. I don't know if I noticed that specifically, but like sometimes the ends of lines are a little less clean, and and their harmonies don't sound as good. So, yeah, I think I can hear a little bit of. There is just like maybe a lack of confidence, or it's just highlighted by the slower pace. But he's like, "Love me, do." There is like almost a hesitation, or just like a, right. a finding that. So yeah, just a there, little bit, just, a, little just bit. a bit. It's a bit rough. It's not a very remarkable version. Um, that said, it is more different from the other two Beatles versions we're talking about. Yeah. Because they're very similar they to Ringo Star Mix and the, I would say, honestly, my big note, if we're just talking about drums, I think adding the tambourine gets a little more out of the piece just in general. It makes it a little more livelier. Um, I think that's, and I like not even considering who's, if the drumming is tight or loose or whatever. Yeah, which is criticism of the Ringo Starr version that the drumming was amazing. But also, he had been in the band for like two weeks or something. Two weeks at the time. (laughs) And he's Ringo Starr. Come on, give him a break. He's He's a star. He's a star. Um, Oh, the other criticism of the drums in the original, the Pete Bass version, is in, in the bridge, the drums switch up. Uh, yeah. To a different beat, which has been described as disastrous. Yeah, somebody notes that it's like, oh, fuck, it's a dog shit or something. It's <laughs> like, it's the and worst thing Like, yeah, ever. I guess it's not the best, but I don't know. <laughs> yeah, well, even thinking about, like, how these are mixed, like, the drums are not emphasized just by, by way of being recorded in 1962. Like, Yeah. <clears throat> our ability to pick up on drums then versus now is like, 
who cares what the guy in the back was playing? <laughs> like, right. You barely hear it. And yet, that tambourine. Yeah. I, yeah, that, and that's why, because the, the tambourine cuts through the mix a bit. And actually adds, like, a rhythm. <laughs> yeah. Uh, and you I'll, know Ringo was doing his best that day, because he's like, fuck, they might take Andy White <laughs> instead <right>. of me. <laughs> he was the new guy. Yeah, he's like, I have to make sure this tambourine like, is perfect. Maybe off to the side now, Ringo. Yeah, like Ringo Richard. over here. Mr. Starkey. Mr. Starkey. Um, but that version with him on drums. Um, yeah, also fine. Uh, I was comparing it to the original a little bit, like the mm-hmm. remix version versus the original one. They've sure, added, yeah. I think it sounds quite a bit different. Okay. They've added a lot of echo, particularly on the vocals, and and um, they've added a lot of low end as well. Mm. Um, so the original version, which sounds very similar to the like "Please Please Me" album version, yeah, uh, the Andy White version, um, those original ones, I think they're all like mono, and they sound a lot. I mean, I'm so used to the recording at this point, but if you compare it, they definitely don't have that low end. They're a lot kind of flatter, and they don't have a ton of, like, depth to them. Yeah. Um, which, I don't know. I, I've grown to like that sound. So, so the Now and Then version kind of moves away from that, and it's kind of weird. Because mm. it's an old Beatles song that sounds a bit more modern, you know, kind of a weird way. Yeah, it is strange. I wonder if they were also mixing it specifically to sound a little more like the now and then sound. I would think so. Yeah, so there's probably so that people will listen to both back to back and be like, "Yeah, the Beatles always sounded a little echoey, <laughs> a little, a little like this." Um, and I don't love that echo. I, I don't. It might just be a knee jerk reaction to something being different. That so could I don't want to like label it as like terrible because of the echo out of the gate, you know? Because I will say, like, of the three versions I put on this playlist for the Beatles, the Please Please Me one sounds the most pleasing to me. Uh-huh. Yeah, uh-huh. I, I tend to agree. And that's the version I'm familiar with, of course. Yeah, that's definitely, like, the one for me. Um, and, of course, I'm not some drum aficionado, so I wasn't like, no, oh, but it's not really Ringo. <laughs> I don't God, fucking it's a bit know. Loose. <laughs> <laughs> the drumming's a bit loose on this one, actually. Could have had. Uh, supposedly, that was a common thing back then to just like have a different drummer for studio recordings. For studio recordings, which and I don't know. I guess it's tough to drum in the studio. For, well, because they wanted that tightness specifically. Because yeah. it was like they're you know they're trying to be professional, and so as this like R and B like loose looser drum playing was coming in, they like didn't know what to do. So this is like we're literally coming up against that with the Beatles here in '62. Right. We're like, well, Ringo's <laughs> pretty good with the drums, and like get him out of here. You got <laughs> yeah. Andy White. <laughs> Do you have any idea who Andy White is? <laughs> yeah. He's in the lobby right now. Right now. And what the hell kind Straight of name is up. Ringo? Put some on. Yeah, you fucking assholes. Get Stop eating chicken on stage. <laughs> <laughs> oh, I forgot about that. Uh, yeah, that's, that's some classic Beatles stuff. So yeah, it is just like a weird, like, <laughs> when music... I mean, it still is a business, but when it was really like a button-up suit business... Yeah, and, like, there was just, I don't know, it's just, like, a different style of recording. And, and it was presumably born out of necessity, right? Because there were, they didn't have, like, 16-track recorders and stuff like that. And maybe that's part of it, too. Like, if you record and the drums and everything else are on the same track, they yeah. have to sync up because you can't adjust it. Yeah, and if there's anything that you can kind of, like, 
you know, like most people are not going to care about and that you're like, well, we've got our in-house guy. He plays the drums. He plays them in time. And that saves yeah, us some, like drums. some recording material, like literally this saves us tape. Yeah. Which is expensive, I assume. Yeah. So yeah, it is like a, it's a bizarre thing to be like, well, your drummer, he's not part of the band unless you're, you're live. Like, <laughs> <laughs> it's such an absurd thing. Yeah. But it is that. Um, we've talked about that enough. Let's talk about the other actual elements that are fairly consistent between the Ringo version and the, the, the Please Please Me version. Right, right. Uh, the harmonica. Yeah, I mean, this harmonica riff. I mean, pretty iconic. It's mm-hmm. This is an important song, as simple as it is, as much as we're talking about, you know, that there's not much to it. The harmonica kind of makes it. It is you know? the, yeah, this is the seller of this song, both to George Martin and to us, the listener. Because otherwise, it's just like a kind of like, okay, backbeat and, you know, some 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 fine vocals. But yeah, it's we start with that harmonica. It's, you know, something cool is happening. Yeah, and like, even other elements, like very understated, like bass, it's like quarter notes. Like on the downbeat, mm. like not much to mm. it. Guitar, like it's it is mm. rhythm guitar. Yes, you know, in the background, like it's there a bit. Yeah, um, and the, you know the the rhythm continues. The, the harmonies are nice, you know. Yeah, yeah, uh, yeah. You get the the Paul John and Paul harmonies, um, and of course it's the Beatles, so like you can tell the voices apart, probably just from practice more than anything. Mm-hmm. Um, but they have, you know, their distinct voices. Um, and then Paul, of course, sings the final line, as we discussed, because the as harmonica we discussed, yeah. Uh But that's, like, kind of it. Well, other than that the That is kind of it. Yeah, so... You know, the harmonica plays in between sections, because it's got its yeah. little lick. Um, what I mean, it doesn't change that much for the bridge. Either. No. It's, like, the harmonica gets to carry on a bit, yeah, and the then he stops for Lennon to uh, <laughs> harmonize on one of the lines. Then it comes back, and yeah, it's so very fun simple. that they're mm-hmm. like, "Well, he can't sing and play the harmonica at the same time." But in like a couple years, it'd be like overdub it, like. <laughs> and I think they <laughs> do, a do that track. for like a later release or something. They do oh. eventually make a version that is. I know I read that somewhere. I forgot. But yeah, they do. Like they're just like, okay, well, we'll just overdub here. <laughs> like, yeah, great. <laughs> Um, there is a harmonica solo as yes. well. Follows the bridge melody basically, which is without vocals. Yeah. Yeah, that's kind of it. Yeah, There's actually it. some guitar licking that comes in later on, like a little bit, just during the outro. That's right. Try to find it. I swear there is. I might have meant harmonica. Yeah, because the harmonica screaming at the end. There really isn't a lot for George Harrison to do on this track. No, it's shocking. I mean, he was... I guess he was... Yeah, he's like the lead guitarist, but like, this is not a guitar song, which is kind of funny, uh, just because of how, you know... It, I mean, it's it's this progenitor for rock and roll, but it's like not really yeah. that at all. It's like so tame. It's, it's more like pop, I guess. It is, yeah. It's more pop, but they, they're finding like these subtle moves that pull them away from from the mainline pop this like like 50s style pop to becomes rock and roll yeah mercy beat whatever mercy which beat. i guess is rock and roll influenced um 
Hey, it's all fucking rock and roll. It's like rock and like roll Billy baby. Joel said, it's still rock and roll to me. Yeah, I mean, it's an interesting song. Like I said, not my favorite Beatles song by any means, but it's an important song and, you know, easy enough to sing along to, right? Easy enough. Yeah, it's we could have done, like, instead of just talking about everything that happened, we could have knocked out a cover, hear ourselves right now. It would have been very easy to do. Because yeah. <laughs> uh, it is that simple. But yeah, it's more like... It's legacy as a Beatles song. They're lucky that it is catchy enough and quite short, but it is more of like this is the first step to what becomes this this massive band. Yeah, even like Please Please Me has like more interesting stuff on it. Yeah, and that's their debut album. So yeah. like the time frame between them doing this and doing more interesting stuff is pretty small. And this was, I mean, such an early song in their career, but also they recorded, like wrote it earlier, right? So yeah. It was uh, written even before the Beatles were together, is my understanding. So before the Beatles were even a concept. Right, it was just John and Paul. Yeah. So, interesting historically. And of course, that leads to a lot of covers, because it was not only important historically to one of the most popular bands of all time, mm-hmm. um, it was a big hit. Yeah, it was huge. <clears throat> It was number one. It went according number one to the, in the States. One album. Yeah. It, even when they re they re-release it in some year, and it even then it only hits like number four in the UK. So this is like a big US hit. Yeah. UK's like we like please please me better, actually. So like, yeah, honestly, please, we don't please want, me we don't like love love me. We like please please me. Please please me. Lennon marks one up on the scoreboard for him UK. over <laughs> for Paul. Yeah. <laughs> Um, yeah, dog, that's really all there is to say about the yeah. song itself, so let's cook into these covers. We got a lot of covers to talk about. Let's talk about Yeah, them. let's talk about Sandy <clears throat> Shaw, 1969. Sandy Shaw, an English pop singer. Yeah. Who Retired is alive, but her... Song. Yeah, I caught that fact, too. Alive, but her Wikipedia photo has not been updated in quite some time. 1967. <laughs> it's, uh, doing the old black and whitey on there. Yeah, um, I didn't look up too many... Uh, f- too many uh, fun facts here. Um, Retired in 2013. Uh, yeah. heard one of her big hits is There's Always Something There to Remind Me. Oh. Yeah. Like the old, like, At least her performance of it. I don't know if she wrote it or not. She feels a little more, and it's interesting that it's 69, but she feels more in line of like the, the Tin Pan Alley lineage. At least with this cover. It feels like very it's English very pop. It's pop, right? It's, yeah. it's more like, I mean, this is 69, so it's kind of, we're kind of getting into like, this like bubblegum almost. Yeah, but it's it sounds, also late mm-hmm. 60s. It's much groovier. It sounds like Austin Powers. It sounds like Austin Powers. <laughs> <laughs> exactly. This is like epitome of 60s pop, right? Yes. Um... Where you get this like smooth flute being like do 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 and like the drums just more like regular drums, you know, continuous kind of more continuous and just rhythm guitar and like there's a little bit of like soft organ. It's like oh fuck yeah, yeah. Like you are like I can see the like. I'm dancing. You can't see it. I got my arms outstretched. I got one arm up and the other arm down. And then, you know, it's like that yeah. kind of 60s dance. 
Absolutely. That you can loop in like a cartoon <laughs> with like psychedelic <laughs> background. I don't know. Yeah, man. this plays in like an episode of Scooby Doo when they're trying exactly. to fill space. <laughs> it's very Scooby Doo. Yeah. Yeah. It's just so groovy. It's so groovy. And that's it. I like it. I, I like yeah, the sound. It's like on fun because of that. It's pretty solid. Um, her voice is very smooth, too. Yes. Um, let's she see. does like some some vocal like ad lib and some mm, my baby now you love me I do yeah uh, it says something like we'll see the night through just me and you so she changed the lyrics yeah, a little bit yeah see the night through is that how it goes I'm trying to remember yeah. we'll see the night through just me and you yeah see the night through and does she just, just do that on the final you? verse I think so. um, I only noticed it later on that's the only part I noticed it yeah so yeah it's like. It's so of its time. Like, I don't know. Yes. I don't think that was the intention. It was just was 1969. No, I think it's simply like, like that's they what they were no doing. Options. <laughs> that was just how things worked. So, yeah, I think by that standard, <laughs> it does feel like a novelty song or like a novelty cover to you and me. But yeah. But it's I novel. Mean, it's fun because it's novel, and I can imagine fucking Austin Powers dancing to it. Yeah. Like, this, this would be used in an Austin Powers film. And just Somebody all the colors, there colors yeah, everywhere. I could see the colors, the shapes, everybody dancing on just like a, a colored background, right? And it's like yeah. <laughs> the floor is the same color. Some people, it's like you get those like old t- TV sets, and then there's like some people, like hippies, just dancing, yeah, on like a raised platform that's also colorful. And I don't know yeah. if that ever really happened. We've seen a Carpenter's yeah. music video that looks that very looks similar like to this that. Sounds, yeah, yeah, <laughs> yeah. Yeah, that's this, man. That's how that's it this. goes. That sounds great. I think it's fun. I think it like uh this is a tough song to work with because it is so simple. I think this brings some life into it and yeah. you know, it's two minutes, thirty seconds this version. I think it 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 does a good job. Yeah. Absolutely. But you know who also covered this song? A little known drummer, Ringo Starr in nineteen ninety eight. Yeah, this is from like a VH1 storyteller sessions. Yeah. Um, so I, I mean, I, I think it was kind of similar to like MTV Unplugged conceptually yeah, in that it's like live uh, recordings. Uh, a group will do a bunch of you know do a live recording of a bunch of stuff, but in this they talk about the story behind the songs. Right. Um, that part's not in this. There's no big long description of the story behind this song. No. <laughs> From Ringo Starr. It'd just be like Ringo's back for blood. He's like, this is my version with drums. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Although, I don't know if he's drumming on this one. There's a video, I think. I didn't see it. Oh, fuck. I didn't it see it. Because it was VH1, right? Yeah. Um, do I, I thought I pulled it up, but I never watched it. Okay. Uh, I can't find it. I feel like it should be illegal for Ringo Starr to not play the drums. I know, right? It's so weird singing with like a guitar or something, or even just like only a microphone. That's the worst. Yeah. Now, okay. All that said, I like no shade to Ringo. I like Ringo. Everybody likes Ringo. He's a pretty he's a nice guy. He's a cool guy and everything. He's not the best musician or singer or artist, but like, and it's a lot of his solo material is kind of rough. Because, you know, I don't know. So, I don't want to throw shade to him, but these are all just things that are true. These right? are all, yeah. <laughs> like, it's hard to hate on the guy. 
but he never really reached the same heights as the other Beatles, right? Yeah, the the best thing he's done is live longer than most of them. <laughs> <laughs> right, and like, I don't know, Octopus's Garden, if that's your thing. Hey, I don't mind an Octopus's Garden. <laughs> <laughs> Which I know has its its detractors, but I happen to like. I happen to like, I think some of the Ringo written songs are like dumb, yeah, but. Like <laughs> yeah, Ringo, like with the rest of the Beatles, it like works because he's just a part of the whole aesthetic. Exactly. He kind of keeps him a little loose, a little chill. Like, yeah. he's, he's like, yeah, his musicianship, maybe not the best, but I bet he's great for group morale. Like, yeah. And like, he, he had, he's earned his place in the Beatles 100%. He belongs yes. there. He belongs in the pantheon of great music artists of the 20th century. 100%. For sure. All that is to say. I think this version sucks hard. Uh, yeah, I think all this, yeah, it's, he got the note when the Beatles broke up. He's like, I can retire now. And he's done that. And yeah, this is a, <laughs> it's a dog shit cover. There's like an idea here of goodness where it's like we bring blues rock in. And I'm like, oh, okay, yeah, like, that's kind of cool. We got a sort of like sleazier harmonica. Yeah. Little more. I mean, you see the guys on this recording, right? Mm. It's like Joe Walsh is on the guitar. Like, yeah, yeah. Ringo like, and his all star band. His all star band, right? He is. always yeah. has his like friends that he brings in, and there's a reason he has so many friends. You know? Yeah. Um. But unfortunately, who else is on this? Uh, I didn't recognize the other names actually. I don't know, but yeah, you Joe get Walsh like very, is there. That's the important. Joe thing. Walsh is there, probably doing that classic blues guitar, the bum bum kind of guitar. Yeah, but they definitely go more blues, like you said on this yeah. one. But it also like kind of slows it down, so it's a little more in the ballpark of like the Pete Best version, right? Yeah, yeah. Which I think, yeah, to what you're tharchic. saying, like it makes this next part, yeah, the vocals, which are choral like it's more than two people it's like everybody in this all-star band yeah and since it's going so slow and since you're removing that room for expression by focusing on having more voices there it is the slowest saddest dumbest love yeah, love uh, me you no honestly i heard this and i was like oh this is just some like bullshit shitty washed up like oldies cover band and i looked and it was like ringo star like, like oh, it's a ringo star baby <laughs> is ringo star the like adam sandler of the music world where uh, it's like he's a great hang you know, like everyone um, likes him yeah most of his good material is not the new stuff <laughs> right <laughs> maybe yeah they, i mean he has that feeling like everyone loves working with him but nothing that comes out of that is really worthwhile <laughs> yeah although i will say i've seen some like later adam sandler stand-up he's still pretty fucking funny so i don't i don't oh, want to go shit on him entirely but he does treat his his film projects as vacations right and i feel like maybe ringo start as the same he's like would be great to see joe walsh but <laughs> i could play i love me do yeah like, all right yeah that might be cool i don't know i feel like that would be cool to see happen but i'm not really enjoying this actual song yeah they do they try to do an exciting love me let me love you oh, like me, at the end you. yeah like, love me do love me do love me yeah they kind of get that like the, the outro's long like yes. too long oh yeah because we tack another minute onto a two and a half minute yeah. song that has <laughs> one verse and one second verse like, like yeah a, one <laughs> a little middle eight they do i mean they do a harmonica solo that's all yep. right that's all right um, kind of in that bluesy sound, but it's just like it's hard to get excited about it because everything that led up to that is not that great. 
Yeah, I think well, there's other covers we're talking about today that have, I think, better, even like bluesy version sounding yeah. stuff, like better harmonica, 100%. better instrumentals. It's there's better stuff here today. Um, something that I mean, a lot of them are better than Ringo Starr's performance. We got the Punkles in 2002. <laughs> We do. Um, yeah, I misspelled the name, so I couldn't find them. Uh, I did, too. <laughs> I thought it was the Punkies, and somehow it still came put, yeah. up on title. And then when I looked at it, I was like, oh, they're like a Beatles cover yeah, band. Okay, they're punk yeah. Beatles cover band. They're from Hamburg, specifically. Mm-hmm. Hamburg, Germany, which is interesting, because that's kind of where the Beatles did a lot of their early, like, like, um, like journeyman yeah playing playing that's where they did a lot of their start damn it i was gonna make a joke because paul mccartney did write this in hamburg and i was gonna do it like i so you're telling me a hamburger wrote this kind of bit (laughs) (laughs) tell me a hamburger wrote this song uh uh, missed my shot you're telling me a hamburger played this guitar solo i don't think it was a guitar solo (laughs) tell me a hamburger played this bass Um, they're an interesting group uh they all have like their like punk name like yeah. all their names like a punk name and then a beatles name so like the lineups changed a couple times actually they've been through a couple harrisons harrisons they can't seem to hold on to yeah. a harrison uh they've been around since the late 90s so they have joey lennon which is like joey ramon john lennon yeah dd harrison which is what what's the guy dd whatever is also ramon yeah i think it's yeah. dd ramon so is it all ramones sid um i vicious, thought sid vicious was yeah my, and then i don't know who marky I don't know who Marky, I looked up a Marky Starkey. Marky Starkey might just be. I mean, obviously Ringo. I, I understand Richard Star Starkey. being in there, um, but Marky it maybe just rhymes. Yeah, I don't know Marky Key. I don't know. I don't know. I don't even know Captain O'Harrison, who is one of the the the, the Harrison replacements. Oh yeah, don't know about the Captain Stiff Harrison, Stiff Rad Harrison. Harrison. Rad I don't know Harrison. all these references. Uh, no, but that's there. Current Harrison is Rat Harrison. Oh, well, it's 2006. They're not Rat Harrison anymore. Yeah, They've not appeared in public since 2006. Yeah, so they have appeared in private. <laughs> uh, so that's fun. Uh, this is what you expect. We go fast. Two, three, four. Yeah. We like that. Um, it's good. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> yeah, that's it's it's fun. Uh, I just saw another th- thing that they toured with Beatallica. So imagine yeah. seeing the the punkles with Beatallica. That's very be Beatles centric. You really got to lay down what you're uh, what you're gonna play each. Yeah, I wonder like, if you you could like alternate kind. of. I don't know if that's um, like what the logistics of that are in terms of like equipment. But I feel like because you wouldn't want to be like, like all right, two we'll halves do of a like stage. Yeah. the early career and you do the later career. I feel like you could. You could do a couple songs set at a time and like kind of go through the history because it feels like it's oh this is a Beatles night right yeah so you kind of want to do something themed something more than just like let's do a smattering of Beatles songs but I don't know it's not that big a deal yeah not not our concern our concern here is no harmonica on this yeah it's all guitar baby it's all guitar it's fast <laughs> it's furious we're a minute forty seconds yeah it is fast very amusing it's short um it's fast guitar and drums really. Um, but I mean, it's cool. It's cool. <laughs> yeah, you got the they're doing yeah, harmonies still. Enough. It's good punk vocals. Oh, are they doing harmonies too? Yeah, I think so. 
Yeah. It's definitely like two voices on that. Love me do. Love me do. You know what he sounds like? Um what? I was wrong. I was wrong. Uh, who does that? Is that the I don't remember now. Oh is my that... gosh. Hmm. Somebody dog. Doesn't matter. Here's what matters. Uh there's a little bass slide after the guitar solo. Sounded I like that. Yeah. I also have a note about that. Social Distortion is the band. That's bit, the They sound one. a bit yeah. like Social Distortion. Okay, yeah, I believe that. Um, <laughs> and yeah, the cool, nice little like bass, like twang thing. Yeah. Um, cool sound. But yeah, it's like, it's in and out so fast. Like there's not much they can do even. Yeah, the, right? except Love, Love Me Do. Yeah, so it's fun. It's fun enough. It's better than the Ringo Starr version. Yeah, exactly. And it has the sensibility to get in and get out. Yeah. We're doing it punk. We don't need to fucking stretch this out. It's it's probably good, especially if you're doing like Beatles through the years. That's a good one to yeah, just hammer out. People are like, oh yeah, punk rock and the Beatles. We love that. And then you can start hitting them with a little please please me. Really switch things up. Really, really switching it up. Um although I really feel like it's more of a like a live thing. Like as many cover acts are. Like what's the point of a cover act doing an album. I don't know. Especially if it's yeah. like, we, we do the songs exactly the same. Why would I want that on a recording? I have the recording. Like, right? Exactly. Yeah, are there that many people who are like, damn, I, I would love the Beatles if they were just punk. You're like, huh? okay. Yeah. Or it's like, like Beatlemania. I saw Love. Love? Um, the Beatles cover group. Yes. Uh, who, like, years ago. And mm-hmm. yeah, like I'm, like they tried to sound exactly like the Beatles, right? Right. Like that's their thing. So I'm not going to buy goal. a love album. Yeah, because you're like, oh, if you squint your ears, it's almost the Beatles. Yeah, yeah. it's all about the live performance with that. But uh, I'll tell you who never did a live performance, some studio musicians who were assembled under a false name, uh, <laughs> Crazy and the Crutch in 2006. Yeah, they don't seem to have much of a... Uh, presence uh they have this song which is off of a, a beatles cover album called memphis rocks the beatles oh well it's called fried glass onions volume three, volume colon, three. memphis, rocks, memphis the rocks the beatles uh actually two dashes no colon mm. but i would put a colon there you fucking would alex <laughs> you know how i get around colons the colons um i'm trying to come up with some kind of like butt joke colonoscopy I'll um, scope that double dash. Hey, scope that colon. <laughs> hey, man. Um, so, so, so uh, scoping out colons. The <laughs> you know me. Um, bit of a colon freak. Um, so yeah, this one we get a better blues rock sound than Ringo Stark and can knock out. Absolutely, they go like pretty hard on that blues rock. They like electric blues. Yeah, even on. the fucking harmonica is electric. <laughs> like, let's go. Yeah, it's that very like heavily distorted harmonica mm-hmm. sound um, that you get in in that like electric like Chicago blues kind of thing. Maybe Memphis blues. I don't know. It, this oh, is Memphis, that would be a right? Good guess. Memphis blues. Yeah. Um, but like very electric, and they kind of get like a boogie rhythm too. 
Yeah, even just the way they break up that like harmonica. Lots of funky stuff in here. Funky bass. There's like funky guitar. It's got the like you know all that. Yeah, yeah. You get that funk. You get this like hard rock. I think instrumentally, this version is very cool. I like a lot of things that happens with the instruments. I am not crazy about the vocal choice here. Just the like vocal tone or like the way they uh, yeah sing it, it's or? like a little too poppy or something. It's like almost like they're trying to emulate like the Backstreet Boys or In Sync or something. Or... Love me do yeah. I feel like it could a little more like of a southern rock. Like if this was like the uh, the Black Crows or something. Yeah, had yeah. That kind of a voice. I've like uh, something with a little more grit to it. Absolutely. Would fit especially when everything more. else is chock full of grit. Yeah. It, absolutely like it's so hard on the blues right mm-hmm. um so those elements yeah really cool i there were times where i was like it's a little overdone because they're going so hard on that but it's cool True. sound yeah <laughs> you know they really go for that style and it 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 ends up fitting pretty well mm-hmm. um, i mean like it's it's a bunch of studio musicians like they probably got some good ideas of tones and things yeah. they like to use absolutely so yeah, they're bringing it out, and maybe that's why these guys aren't Toto. You know, they're not studio musicians who went on to become a big deal. But like, they got something. Yeah, some we're nice not arguing about the what the best "Crazy in the Crutch" song is. <laughs> that's from, right. From four, five options. <laughs> from the five options you have. Um, um the, this one they also have a guitar solo in this. It's actually a guitar yeah. solo that runs into a harmonica solo. And how could you not love that? Yeah, pretty cool move. Um, again, and it all keeps it very keeps it with that, bump, 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 you know, keeps it with the with the boogie kind of. Yeah, it's and that's almost like a jazz classic to like lay down just a backing section. We're gonna do a round of solos here. Yeah, and this song, I mean, with the simplicity of it, we've talked about simple songs that become standards, right? Yeah, this feels like it should be a standard, and yet none of the covers so far have really done that with it. No, where you're basically just using it as a, a a mechanism to get your own sound across, and like as an excuse to solo, basically. And this is yeah. the first time we kind of get that. Yeah, and it is. Uh, I think it's a good choice. Like I said, I think like really my big problem is just like the vocals, and maybe this weird like vocoder thing we get in after that <laughs> harmonica solo. Oh, it's like uh, maybe one fifty. Like 149. It's like, yeah, what is that? That's uh, a fucking weird noise. Yeah, something's like, I don't know, because it's not quite a talk box or a vocoder. It's almost like just a really heavily, like, filtered yeah, like and heavily distorted filtered. guitar and just like, or maybe it's like they're doing a real low end on the harmonica, but because of how filtered it is, you barely get the harmonica sound. Yeah, that could be it. But yeah, uh, cool outro, you know? You really yeah. get that wah, wah, wah on the harmonica. Yeah. So We get some classic yeah. ad-libbing. Every morning, yeah. every afternoon. <laughs> Loving me too. Yeah. Sort of a big rock finish. They end on the word please, which I found strange. So they can lead into please, please me. Oh, is that their fucking Which they don't. Here? Okay. 
They don't have please, please me. On it's this. a weird stop they point. It's like please, and they do like the big rock finish, kind of like boom, dum dum dum. It's just missing the saying "love me do" one more time. Hey, if that's why you want Andrew's song. I mean, that's kind of the difference between your crazy and the crutches and your totos. That's, <laughs> your that's totos. really where the line is. Yeah, so Toto should have covered this song. Is what we're saying. Yeah, that's that's what I'm getting. If at, Toto really. has never played this song, I'd be surprised. I'm, might not have been recorded. Might not have been recorded, but you know what? Those guys probably would have played it. That would be they would be the guys who like the Beatles. A weird choice, but very brave <laughs> of them. But yeah, Toto might like the Beatles. Um. It's spelt one way, but maybe pronounced more Spanish as Stereotipo in 2010. Yeah, because there, yeah. there is a music video. Yes. That they, do they say it? On, is it? Is it spelt out that way? No, it's spelt out this way. Maybe they say it in the music oh, video. Oh, what do you mean? It. Cause like I saw Tipo like T I P O in okay it is pronounced Tipo okay sick because they're Spanish I yeah think. Estereotipo um they yeah they're Spanish electronic group yeah kind of they're like a, they're seem to be a trio um their website doesn't exist anymore their Facebook hasn't been updated in five years. Mm-hmm. Um, I don't think they're doing anything, but they definitely existed in 2010 when this was recorded. Um, so maybe the E in Estereotipo stands for E-Electronic. E-Electronic. Maybe. It's weird because even this version is called Love Me Do Brackets Estereotipo Remix. Remix. Oh. But it's remixed by Estereotipo. Oh. On their album, Remixed. So It is on ju- Remixed. Yeah, and it's weird because like they do have a band. They seem to in the music video minus one guitarist, which is yeah. a good a good gag they do. But yeah, are they like, just like synthy electronic or are they some kind of alt maybe. rock somewhere in between there? Yeah, yeah, they definitely seem to have that because there's like some guitar too. Something yeah. like straight electronic, but this version to me is very dancey dance cover well, kind of even or, or at with, least in that vein with the music video that's what they ultimately get to is they're like True. finally we can stop pretending to be the beatles and start dancing and that's the whole point of this yeah version, See, it's big fat synth this i was impressed how well they fit the harmonica riff into a sequence like sequence sounding like cool i mean yeah it's cool this version sounds fun i like it yeah and i mean it's already repetitive but you kind of work that repetitiveness into what is basically a repetitive genre you know where especially if it's like you know dance electronic which isn't completely but like there's some of it there and you're kind of playing a lot of the same stuff again for dancing reasons. Yeah. So it works. Yeah, because like you get the drums behind that, and they're basically boots and cats with a couple of flourishes. Yeah, boots and, and like some other bits where they'll break down a bit. They'll do the the um, bridge and like you know you get your yeah. your kick. So yeah, like, on your verse yeah. there. They fit it all in. Um, yeah, very driving. So like it, it serves as good dance music. They got a bass guitar rolling through those verses, 
Yeah, there's another weird sound. Let me see if I can find it. Nope, can't find it. Uh, but there's all like they kind of build in synths too. Like there's a lower synth that comes in between sections that kind of yeah. does the riff a bit, but it also has that like like bloopy randomy sound. Yeah, yeah, it. yeah. Um, and and they do have that guitar. We talk about do we talk about the guitar? The guitar. There's yeah. Guitar oh song. yeah. Do, it comes do, in yeah, particularly on like the second repetition yeah. of the verse. Damn, 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 damn. Yeah. So um, I got thrown off by this because the way they do the bridge they like don't they like shorten all the words right so instead of someone to love they right. just say someone to love do, 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 someone do. like you and at first someone i was like, like "Ooh, they you. have new words but no there's just the like, same words same but faster words. sped up <laughs> someone to love someone like you yeah and they do have a guy who's like like almost like a background hype man. He's like, someone to love! Love yeah. me, dude! <laughs> oh, man. So they do that, and that's kind of like they do a big build into a breakdown. Yeah, um, that's where you get like a lot of your sensors and that like build. Yeah. Where it's like... Yeah. Break way down into just like, it's like hand claps. And like, like basic synth kind of thing. Yeah. Until they, you know, come back. So, and then they do like a right after that, around like the 210 mark, we get this like later Beatles inspired, um, kind of like reverse track stuff happening. Yeah. Very like, uh, rain or, or tomorrow never knows kind of psychedelic sound. Mm hmm. Which oh, yeah, are an electronic even. group, so at least to some extent, so that's a cool move. And I always like when people, you know, kind of like reference other works of that artist when they do a cover. I always yeah, find that fun. Yeah, that's always fun. Unless it's you two. Yeah. Get the fuck out of here, you <laughs> uh, Which, yeah. That's a reference to last week, but it wasn't actually a reference to a different song by the same artist. It was just a different song. That's right. Just for the record. For the record. Um, love me do love me do so yeah I thought this was really well done yeah that was great um, and there's a music video for it too I, I thought the music video was pretty fun too it is fun it starts out it's very like Ed Sullivan show right yes. like it's black and white but like that kind of gray like um, you know old TV look mm-hmm. and they're wearing suits like the Beatles and they've got these pixelated masks they're wearing yeah that look like the Beatles with their like mop tops kind of yeah but they're and but and when we say pixelated it's like 8-bit style like flat colors it's not like like um censored faces or anything no it's yeah it's like they built they were building a Beatles like NES game and yeah they used these it sprites. has that look to it so the announcer comes on, says "Estereotipo," and then they come out, and like there's a whole crowd who are like not responding, and yeah, they're just kind of like, sitting. They look like they're all wearing like '60s outfits. Yeah, looks like um, the Blues Brothers are in the front row there. Yeah, exactly. Um, and the band is pulling out. They're carrying out. I think they're George Harrison. Yeah, they they pull out a mannequin, so they are a foursome. But they yeah, so they set him up. They put a guitar over him. I think that's a great bit. Um, and then we, and then we, we get they, the shots of them playing the synth. 
Yeah, they they play the synth and then they do their performance and it's like modern rock and roll like band performance, you know, like yeah. they're bouncing around as if it were 2010 when this is recorded, right? right. Um, and the the masks that they're wearing, the like 2D uh, 8-bit masks start to yeah. actually like emote and stuff. And like That's right. sing, like the mouths move as That's they That's right, they move. Sing, yeah. I don't know why I like didn't make a note of that, but yeah. <laughs> So, like, it's active. Yeah, so you get a little bit of excitement there. And then with the, like, the slow B plot here, which becomes the A plot, is that color is returning to this world. Yeah, as people, like, start to, like, tap their toes and and dance along to this song, slowly developing from, yeah, like, toe tapping to we stand up, we move, you know. Yeah, so it's the music is bringing color to the world. You got it showing up on these socks first. Uh, a woman gets it on her her lips. Yeah, and, and then, then I think it's like someone their dress suddenly becomes colorful, and they like jump up and yeah, they jump up, kind of and there's like a strip of yellow down them, and then we just get a shot of a lot of feet going down some steps, and it's all color. Yeah, and then they can remove the the masks, and it's like boom, we weren't the Beatles, it's we us, a stereotypo. Even though I'd always said that on our drums, yeah. Yeah, faithful recreation of the Beatles logo, but with their name instead. Mm-hmm. It's very fun. It's a fun music video. Yeah. Especially, yeah, once you get to the end where everyone runs down to the stage and it basically just becomes like a modern, like, rave-style dance party, kind of. Yeah, exactly. Everybody's up on the stage. The lights um, are flashing. It's lights dark. are flashing. Yeah. yeah. But everyone kind of has, like, retro out inspired outfits i don't Retro know how inspired outfits yeah legit it is but enough good enough and the guys doing those love me do lines those kind of like hype man ones into a megaphone oh right yeah he's got the megaphone the mannequin's still there but with no mask oh, with no mask yeah and everybody claps in the end yeah so that's a fun one that's a fun, fun. version cool good music video stuff. nice little story um yeah, way to go, guys. But you know who likes to have fun? Children. Children. And that's why we're going to talk about Casper Baby Pants in 2013. Love, love me too. You know I love you. I'll always be true. So please, love me too. Casper. I, I just want to say the A so distinctively. In Caspar baby pants, I don't Gaspar. know. Caspar, I, I guess. I, I assume it's pronounced the same as Casper. The friend. It probably the is. Um, it doesn't matter. His real name is Chris Ballou, and he's the yeah. vocalist and bassist of the Presidents of the United States of America. Oh yeah, that's <laughs> weird, right? That is weird. So we've talked about like children's music on here before, and it's usually very cut and paste, like just swapping out sound files. This is like he actually recorded this with some people and made right. some choices. Yeah, largely there's four things in this one. Yes. There's a piano, uh, there's a guitar, maybe ukulele, possibly maybe ukulele. both. Yeah. Um, harmonized vocals, and then you get your rhythm from your drums and bass. And 100%. I have decided that it's four things, even though I listed um, like six things. Alex is long COVID, everyone. Cut him some slack. <laughs> <laughs> uh, brain fog. It's brain fog. <laughs> it's a brain fog. Um, yeah, it's simplest. I like the tone on that piano for one, which takes the place of the harmonica. 
This is nice. Yeah, it gives it. I mean, it's it is. He's a children's artist. It really has that sound to it, uh, and it's kind of like bouncy. Yeah, um, and lighthearted. Yes, and it leans into that. Like Beatles have a little lightheartedness. I always remember when I was like just starting to listen to the Beatles. People were like, "Oh yeah, you know, like I don't listen to Octopus's Garden though. It's a children's song." I'm like. At the time, I was like, okay, so the Beatles wrote some songs for kids. And then you grow up, and it's like, no, the Beatles smoked a lot of weed. <laughs> yeah. There was, there was LSD. There was LSD there involved. There was marijuana. Marijuana, and you have Ringo Starr there. It's like, the Beatles didn't really... <laughs> it's a perfect storm. You can't make songs, an octopus's yeah. garden any other way. Any other way. So it's like, the Beatles didn't write songs for kids. Just like, so much stuff they wrote is enjoyable by a broad audience. Yeah. And so I think to kind of capitalize on that idea and then do it with a genuine approach, being like, well, we'll, we'll check in some more kid-friendly instruments and we'll just kind of hit that family-friendly angle. I like this. That's a neat little take to do. Yeah, and like kind of having that, like they have a bit of the like stereotypical, like it's for kids sound, which I, I to me is just like plinky, you know. Yes. It's like your your That's xylophones. That's why those like ukuleles are there. Ukulele, yeah. So like it has that, um, but it also, I don't know. I mean, there's a few things like you get your vocal harmonies. Um, mm-hmm. You kind of get there's like a solo where they play together, um, and it's very like it's like, it's, a, it's like a picking on sound, you know. Yeah, like picking solo. Yeah, even that like piano has like a uh, a kind of country like uh, saloon vibe to it. Just saloon. Yeah, yeah, a little bit of that. It's like cowboys. Yeah, it's yeah, it's very crisp noises. It's not too <clears throat> overwhelming, which I imagine from like a having baby because it's called baby beetles. This is for babies. You don't want to overwhelm their their shitty little ears. Yeah, terrible, <laughs> terrible ears on babies. I've always yeah. said that. Oh, you see, you got to get new ears on this thing. Always said that. This, these are the ears you picked. Bring <laughs> no. them back to the store. Get them replaced. Yeah. Get those fixed. Uh, I would never get a baby with these ears. No, no, never, never. Um, but yeah, it's like this is fine and fun. It's, I'm not a baby, <laughs> so I'm not going to pick this as my favorite Beatles cover. But yeah, but like it's it's straightforward and probably uh, it's probably good for kids. You know, I I yeah. mean, I don't I know it, why yeah. the kids couldn't listen to the original. But if you just want like, I guess if you just wanted something that was simpler and maybe more relaxing for babies, yeah. I yeah. don't know, man. I don't know, babies. I don't know a ton. I, I took a children's lit class when I was in university, and that was very interesting. So oh. I would be interested in some of the like um, the ideas behind what... I've never considered children to be very lit, quite frankly. <laughs> no, you, you wouldn't think so, but <laughs> this class had some other things to say. <laughs> it's just pictures of kids with backward hats. I'm like, yeah. Oh, <laughs> yeah, okay. Picture of a baby by a skateboard. I'm like, yeah, maybe, maybe the kids know. are can, all right. Can you sort of like crawl onto it? <laughs> yeah, that would be cool. That'd be great. Can I get the baby on can the you skateboard? Do a kickflip. <laughs> I don't know. I guess. I guess kids are fine. Um, but so yeah, I got to see in the class. Uh, That's yeah. Uh, <laughs> is this lit? No. No. See. No. <laughs> Damn it. <laughs> I don't know. Lit is such a. I feel like an old old fashioned term now. Hey man, lit and poons. <laughs> what are we talking about, huh? Oh man. Um, for listeners, we were talking about harpoons in that sense. I'm not just randomly bringing up pussy. Yeah. Um, this time. 
But speaking of things that aren't straightforward, Alex, this was going to be my my segue when we said the word straightforward two minutes ago before we talked about lit kids. Uh, <laughs> Mellow Mood in 2013, an Italian reggae band. Love, love me, do you do that? You know I love you. I do that. I love you, especially promise you that. So Yeah, what a thing. I mean, they've got this sort of, let's say, island patois going on, which I don't know how I feel about that, because they are Italian. They are, yeah, so unless they are, like, Italian, like, they immigrated to Italy, which, I don't as far fucking as I know, can man. Tell, they are not. Okay, so this is, and this is 2013, guys, so yeah. that's unacceptable all the time, but, like, <laughs> but, we don't have many excuses for you in 2013. It'd be hard to tell. Um, yeah, so yeah, you do get some, some Italian island patois. Yeah. Um, not Sicily, Jamaica. No. Yeah. <laughs> Different island. Yeah, no, not, not the Italian island. <laughs> um, yeah. Um, and that but, is their big offering here, is they're like, <laughs> what if there's a hype man after each line? Yeah. Uh, it's also, it's like a lot denser. Uh, there's like some weird stuff going on. Mm-hmm. Like, they have this kind of like beep thing yeah like early on it's like introduces the intro riff basically and i guess it's a synthesizer it occasionally comes back and it'll just be like beep yeah at a random part and you're beep. like I it happens they think like they're doing something cool with that but i also just feel yeah. like i'm doing a beep test <laughs> beep test like all right turn around or stop running i don't remember run faster yeah anyway you run, you gotta uh, run. that's what i know it's um, it times the laugh so one beep good one beep start next beep stop if you don't make it between the beeps you're a fat kid for that's life. right that's right forever um okay what else is going on no, yeah we can't talk they about got their, you know, they got their, their um backbeat accent they definitely have the backbeat accent it's not as strong a skank as some which i yeah t- i tend to appreciate sometimes where this one doesn't feel like just a very straightforward reggae cover to me no, because they're adding in a lot happening. of components. You're right. It's like it's denser. They're I'll not just that. throwing you a skank. Ah, true that. <laughs> yeah, and like a call and response, basically. Like you were yes. saying. After everything, like, love, love me, do. And then the guy's just like, oh, yeah, or whatever. Oh, yeah. A girlfriend. Yeah. And like that kind of stuff. That kind um, of stuff. They've moved the harmonica part to a melodica. Is it smart of me to imitate him when we just talked about how... I don't know, man. (laughs) We gotta get the point across somehow. I like it. That's what he's doing. I'm I'm sorry, everyone. I made a mistake, okay? I have baby ears. It's not my fault. Baby ears. I never got better ears. (laughs) Oh, my gosh. Gotta exchange these ones. I gotta get these fucking ears exchanged. (laughs) (sighs) Oh. So they do the faux Jamaican accents. We've yeah, we've they, discussed they, that faux Jamaican accents. Promise me that all that, and then they, there's like a toast bit. I couldn't really get all the lines, but it's between like during the harmonica parts between lines. Yes. They get the, like if you don't love me, who will love me, girl? Don't turn your back on me, please. Never turn. Yeah, they so, sure pack yeah. it up with some stuff in here. They do. There's a lot of stuff. Like it's quite dense. Because yeah, um, even with this toasting section, I was like. All right, he's done a verse. We surely are done. And he's like, hang on, I've got more to say. You're like, oh, okay. All right. Yeah. He does a whole, like, historical account of the re- original recording. Yeah. And says a lot of things, possibly about the Beatles. Again, 
I was struggling to understand him. Yeah, I was like, maybe I'll look that up later, and I just didn't want to go back to it, so. <laughs> He's talking about, like, 1962, and how it's, like, yeah. September, and they're, like, recording a song. And, In like, 1962, we fired Pete Best. Yeah. Hire Ringo Starr, and then Andy White. <laughs> And yeah, it there's there's words, that's for sure. Um so yeah, interesting cover and it has all the like reggae hallmarks. We already talked about the skank. I think there's some steel drum in there too. Yeah. It's it's an odd one. I like I wasn't crazy about it. I'll tell you that, <laughs> Alex. It interested me. It th- there's things I like about it. Yeah. For sure. Uh as far as reggae covers go, but I wouldn't say it's my favorite reggae cover partially just because they go a little bit off the deep end with their like toasting toasting yeah they kind of do just a bit too much of it if they reeled that in a bit i'm like all right we're we're doing something cool here but yeah it's they don't fall into some of the classic trappings where it's like we're just hitting a big skank and now you know it's reggae here's the song as it is yeah and uh the album's called hemp Hemp. (laughs) reggae tribute to the beatles which i think is funny that's pretty good yeah um, but you know, when the Beatles were beetling, uh, these guys had already invented Bossa Nova. We're talking about Roberto Menescal and Claudio Duarte as part of Bossa Nova Meets in 2017. Love, love me, do you know I love you? Yeah, I had a, a teacher in my one music class I took in university mm-hmm. um, who opined that the Beatles were a large reason why Bossa Nova didn't become more popular in North America. Okay. Uh, because, um, like, one year, I don't, I think it was like 62 or 63, where like a bunch of Bossa Nova music won like Grammys. Mm. And then the next year was like all the Beatles. Or I don't know if it's Grammys, but it was like hits. It was Latin Grammys, no. <laughs> yeah. So like they it was they were like starting to like gain a foothold in the states. Right. Bossa Nova artists from Brazil uh primarily. And then it was like the Beatles happened and it was like everyone forgot about Bossa Nova. <laughs> so that was the, what this teacher suggested. So like George Martin had railroaded the Beatles into doing some cover of whatever song was popular at the time. We'd all be talking about how big of a deal Roberto Menescal is. Yeah, it would all be, you know, the girl from Ipanema. Yeah, but bro, when I heard the girl from Ipanema for the first time, <laughs> changed my fucking life. Changed my fucking life, man. My parents got a whole album of, of um, I don't know, Bossa Nova number one hits. Yeah, it's yeah, Bossa Nova number one old. anthology. Yeah, who knows? Could Who be very knows? different. Could have been a different world. Um, but yes, yeah, so this Brazilian composer, record producer, guitarist, vocalist, and pioneer of Bossa Nova, Roberto Menescal. And uh, we got Claudio Duarte, who's a pastor and, uh, and Bossa Nova vocalist. Yeah. Should I say pastor? Like you, pastor. Like you say Caspar? <laughs> <laughs> Please do. <laughs> All right, yes. Duarte pastor. is a pastor. Bossa Nova. Yes, Alex, you're a bossa nova head. Well, a little bit. A little bit. Um, what'd you think about this? It's fine. Yeah, that's kind of the vibe I got from it. I was like, seems technically sound to me. You know, I don't know. I 
I I go I go back and forth on Bossa Nova a lot. Sometimes I'm like, ooh, yeah, smooth, yeah, mm-hmm. all right. And sometimes I'm like, yeah, smooth, yeah, all right, yeah. <laughs> I don't know, man. <coughs> I like some Bossa. <coughs> oh my gosh. Oh, Alex just took a major bong rip. It helps with the oh, long COVID. Yeah. <laughs> I did one time take a big swig from my water bottle, which sounds like this. In a meeting at work, and someone's like, Alex, did you just take a huge bong rip? <laughs> no, drinking water, I swear. <laughs> I don't know if that sound came across or not. I, I definitely heard it. We'll pick up on the recording. Okay. I think it's. I think it speaks more to your um, the coworker not knowing what a bong rip sounds like. Okay, I think it was louder at the time. I don't know. It was just like bubbles, basically. Because there is more of just like yeah, like a bubble, like a. Yeah. Um, we're not gonna do ASMR for y'all now, though. Yeah, this. So talking smooth versions, we got this. We got Sandy Shaw. Yeah. Like, and I think Sandy Shaw hit a little better for me. I don't know if that's just because of the novelty of it. Like, I was able to be like, oh, these relate to cultural touchstones I know Scooby-Doo and Austin Powers yeah. or if it's actually a better version of this things. my, my two, two favorite things wettest wells for Halloween costumes yeah that's, I don't know oh, why yeah. I described it that way but I'm gonna my wettest wells yeah a common saying <laughs> <laughs> um, yeah that's what we got very yeah. wet well. Very wet well. That's how it is. Is there a lot of water in there? Well, it's my wettest well. <laughs> very wet. Um, it's wet as hell in there. So I guess there must be a lot of water in there. <laughs> this one is uh, saxophone. There's a lot of saxophone. A lot of That's saxophone. part of what makes it smooth, so you get your, yes. your harmonica part on the saxophone. Um, and it gets a little more into it later, which I thought was kind of cool. Yeah. It's like almost edge, even though it's still pretty smooth. Um, everything's smooth. Vocals, all smooth. Um, I did like the sort of the density of the instrumentation here. You know, you get yeah. the bossy beat. It's kind of piano and a guitar doing your like smooth jazzy chord thing. There's another guitar that sometimes plays a little lick or more chords or whatever. Yeah. Um, generally pretty low impact, which is normal for bossa nova, right? Like. That's right. Yeah, it's not meant to like, like punch yeah. us. It's, until, be like, Whoa! until the sax gets like a little saucy later on. Like that's oh yeah. Point. Well, he's allowed to get a little saucy at that point. Yeah. Um. It's yeah. It's there's like what they do for the middle eight is instead of they they actually make this is the version with the least uh lines in it because they cut out two of the middle eight lines. They make Just, it a call, a call and response between the vocals and sax. <laughs> Oh, so the saxophone takes the other lines, but it yeah. doesn't say words. It only speaks to your soul. That's right. And that's uh, that's interesting. Yeah, totally. But yeah, like I said, I, it's, it's fine. Yeah, it's so, all right. I'm just, I'm just struggling with Bossa Nova these days. Yeah. Maybe it's just Bossa Nova covers. Could be. It's I. I couldn't name a single original Bossa Nova song. You know, it's a girl from Ipanema. I guess. Yeah, I could have. I could have worked backwards and figured that one out, but we didn't even do that. But that's because we're moving forward, Alex, to our final verdicts. We oh, got yeah. three categories today: the worst version, the best version, and the version you would use for a commercial jingle. Because this song is just that short, Alex. It's a short, tiny jingle. <laughs> Why not treat it like one? It'll fit um, anywhere. It fits anywhere, Alex. Uh, what's the worst version of this? 
It's the Ringo Starr version. Oh, hey, that's not very that, nice, it the was, relics. It was so rough. I worked real hard on the drums. I worked hard on the drums. It was, it was tough to get Joe Walsh involved. He's a busy guy. He's a busy guy. <laughs> he was no, you're right. sober it's at the time. Yeah, it's so rough. I don't know. It was the only one that I heard it, and immediately I was like, this, I don't like. Yeah, I mean, like you said, you heard it, and you're like, wow, a bunch of washed-up <laughs> retirees wanted to play some Beatles songs. Yeah. Like, oh, it's Ringo Starr. <laughs> oh. <laughs> and, yeah, that just sums up the version. It's just... I don't like there's not really anything about it that like breaks out as good. Every element is kind of pulled down by every other element. Even if it like might be okay, like some of the bluesy stuff work moves towards being interesting, it just doesn't get there. Yeah, it's like it's worse than the sum of its parts. Yeah. Yeah, it's rough. <laughs> it's, it's pretty rough. bad. Um, I agree. Ringo Star, dog <laughs> shit. Alex, what's the best version? The best version of this song. I liked a couple of them. I really did. I think Estereotipo uh, edges it out, though. Mm -hmm. The E stands for edging. <laughs> Talk a lot about edging here, Alex. <laughs> I'm just, it just does. I mean, it's, I, I didn't write the band name. Hey. Um, I think, yeah, for me, that's, that's the one. Like, I, I liked... The music video was part of it, too. I... I, I Liked what they did with it electronically. I liked that the repetitiveness fits with sort of the genre they moved it into. And uh, they just turned it into this, like, dance thing. And it makes sense logically, and it, and it works uh, physically. Uh, there were other good versions, but that was the one that did it the most for me. Yeah, I think that one as a whole product <clears throat> is the strongest. I do like the instrumentation on Crazy and the Crutch, but I do not like the vocal performance at all. Whereas the one in Stereotypo is, like... It works. It's, it's solid. I was never at any point like these fucking guys. <laughs> like, what are they doing? No, it what all like made doing? sense. And nah. it's kind of funny because I like the Sandy Shaw version for like similar reasons, but it's a mm -hmm. very different genre. It's just like, oh yeah, this is a cool like groovy dance party versus like a more more electronic modern thing. Yeah, I'm I'm playing Sandy Shaw at a, like a theme party where everybody's dressed like it's the '60s. I'm playing Love yeah. Me Do at a family dance or something. I don't fucking know. I'm playing the stereotypo one in a different location. Um, yeah, I agree. I think that is the best version. Alex, you're making a commercial for what? I don't care. <laughs> Use your imagination. Which which version of this are you using? Which version? Honestly, I don't know. The one I could see in a commercial would be Mellow Mood. I think. Okay. I don't know. Just, just the toasting section. Just the toasting section, yeah. So no one knows what the fuck's going on. <laughs> um, no, I just feel like, I don't know, uh, ads would not shy away from using a song that's a bunch of Italian dudes pretending to be Jamaican. Okay. And I don't know. And it would be for like, I don't know, a... a, a I'm trying to remember the general term for for like the websites that resell plane tickets, you know, like vacation oh, like a travel agent and stuff. Like, yeah, like a travel agency. Like, yeah, like, yeah, those yeah, type yeah, yeah. of websites. It would be like something like that. And oh, like, yeah, because it would be like, get hey. Get your love back for yeah. vacationing in tropical regions or whatever. Yeah, it would be like, forget about the Beatles. What about Mellow Mood? And you'd be like, damn, you're right. I should go to Jamaica. Yeah, exactly. And yeah. They'd be trying to sell you island getaways or whatever. Yeah. Solid yeah. pick, Alex. Solid. 
I'm going to go with like a, the Sandy Shaw version because it's got a bit of that smoothness, that coolness. I think you could sell either some nostalgia bullshit with it or like more like a perfume probably is what I'm thinking. Yeah, I feel, I feel like I can see it in like a Telus, like an old Telus ad. Oh, I don't man. know if they still do ads like that. Oh, the ones with just like the animals? Yeah. They do, I don't uh, think they, they still do that. We'll never stop I haven't doing seen that, a Telus sure. commercial I haven't, I haven't in seen a long admit. time. I bet they're still doing the animals though. My dad was asking me, he was like, hey, have you seen the commercial for this thing? And I was like, I don't know what that is. And also, no. And also, no. No, father. Um, it's relevant to what we were talking about, but I just haven't seen a like, TV commercial in such a long time. In such a long time. Yeah, I just see, the, see whatever the internet exposes me to, man. Yeah. It's a strange thing. But yeah, Sandy Shaw, that's my opinion. That's our final verdicts. You got a Wait, that's your what? My final verdict. Oh, what did you say Shaw. before that? That's my... Said, that's my pick. Okay. For, for wild card, got it. you know? Yep. You got that? I got it. What did you think, what'd you think was going to be I thought you mine? said peen, okay? I don't know why. That's my... Yeah, Alex, you know... It didn't make sense. I, I was digging into my wettest well to find my, <laughs> my metaphor for pick, and I chose peen. <laughs> uh, um, well, we'll be going back to that well. It's pretty wet. Yeah, my wettest peen, Alex. Um, anyway, if you got final opinions, different opinions, <laughs> verdicts... Here's some words. If you've got a different opinion, a similar opinion, or want to talk to us about a version we didn't talk about, or if you want to talk to us about our catchphrases we've invented this time around, hit us up on the app formerly known as Twitter, hashtag CoverMePod, at ShakeTheCrest, at some Alex WiseGuy, send us your comments, questions, concerns, suggestions for future episodes. You can also email those to us at CoverMePod at gmail.com. Talk to us there. Be sure to rate and review us. We're on Stitcher. No, we're not. Stitcher doesn't <laughs> exist anymore. We're on YouTube Music, Apple Podcasts, the other ones, Amazon Podcasts. Hey, we're even on Spotify a bit. Tell your friends, neighbors, loved ones, family about us. Tell them all what you can do for us this week to really to really hammer it through, really let the people know is record three separate takes of you recommending this podcast and then just kind of see which one people like the most. Give them all three. Tell them to listen to all three. By the time they've listened to all three, they'll feel like they have to listen to Cover Me. <laughs> it's easy. Simple. It's not that hard, everyone. Make sure that one does has it. a tambourine. Yeah, make sure one has tambourine so they can at least differentiate that from the other two. Um, that does it for today's episode of Cover Me. And as we always say on Cover Me, Cover Me Do, you know I love you.